0: Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNBThePodcast. the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. Welcome to this week's episode of Why Not Both. We got to hang out with Twin Shadow, and we hopped right in talking about motorcycle repair, synthesizers, you know, the usual. I hope you enjoy our interview. Did you find the 85-year-old man with the obscure motorcycle part that you then paid for his lunch so that he could fix your motorcycle?
1: I did. He was he was really grumpy, but he um, I was very happy that at the end he said, Oh, you know... It probably cost you more to drive here than the effort it took for me to fix this thing. So just buy me lunch. <laughs>
2: that's, that's the lifestyle.
0: I love those mythic figures like that's how I feel about synthesizer repair where it's always like this obscure person <laughs> that lives in a box somewhere that you've gotten a handwritten map to that's like ah yes I have the circuit board for you
1: yeah totally <laughs> um I can't tell I can't tell who's grumpy are the old motorcycle guys or or synthesizer people
0: oh man I mean synth people I find are notoriously grumpy
1: yeah they are I, th- I think they might be grumpier, actually. To be honest,
0: I haven't done an official study because I myself do not have a motorcycle. I just have a bunch of synths.
1: I, I've given I've given up on fixing synthesizers. I just I let them break and then I slowly don't use them anymore. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I, I I I only sort of mean that. I have I have like the holy grail one, you know that that I'll keep maintained, but the rest I've sort of given up on.
0: What's your favorite one? What's the Holy Grail
1: one? I mean, I think everybody would agree that uh, the Juno 60 is probably the, the most Damn. universal and user-friendly and versatile synthesizer
2: there out go. there.
1: Although, although the real synth nerds would, re- would argue with me and then I would, I would argue back to them and say
0: that they're pretentious snobs. <sighs> And that they're just grumpy, because i that was the lesson that I heard in talking to other synth people. Yes, there are other ones where you can do, like, way different sound design and get really deep in on that. But if you're going for, like, actual just, like, workhorse and the most flexible and that you can kind of use, really, with any textures, it's kind of the best.
1: Yeah, I, I always feel all instruments, instruments like, like I've, I feel that the piano is a superior instrument. To the guitar for a million reasons, but um, the biggest reason is that anyone can sit down and start smashing on the keys of piano and, and make yes. music, yes. whereas um, guitar is the, the 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 learning curve is much harder and it's and it's and it's uh in the grand scheme of things things learning how to play the piano is um will will prove a much more sort of important foundation for other music making
0: yeah I have to agree with that and also I like that I'm like welcome to why not both where we immediately hopped into dunking on synth nerds while being synth nerds Um, (laughs) 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 (laughs)
2: Um,
0: I was like that's great no but like learning the the piano it gives you such a great scope for at least for me like the theory of music because it's laid out linearly and in patterns in a way that for whatever reason makes sense to my brain um
1: yeah. is, simplest is always best really
0: yeah and you don't have to produce the notes what was your yeah, first that, instrument
1: my first instrument was saxophone actually oh wow yeah um yeah I don't really know why <laughs> <laughs> I I was uh I mean I know I know how it happened but I don't know why it happened but uh, I was I was in a I was in a this Kind of sp- special school, and, and they, um, there was like this extra period at the end of the day, and all the good kids got to just have like a free period, mm-hmm. but I was a bad kid, so uh-huh. I had to take I had to take another class, and somehow I convinced them that band could be that other class, uh, and so even though I wasn't in fourth grade, I I was I forced my way onto the eighth grade band in seventh grade and oh they, need, they really they really needed some more saxophone players so that, that's how that's how I got to get into that instrument
0: that's kind of wild that your punishment for being bad was to play music I'm like well that,
1: that was my I came up with that um they, they want they wanted me to to take like a science class or something but I somehow I don't know. Like my my father was like a school teacher, so not at my school, but in in the system in in our in mm-hmm. our town, and maybe I, I might have had a little bit of uh, a little bit of dad teacher clout. Gotcha. I don't I don't know.
0: A little bit of sway there. Yeah. I also am like. What made you a bad kid? And I'm, I'm trying to think of the psychology of like making a bad kid go to school. More. <laughs> I'm like, there's so much in there that I'm like, what? Like, when <laughs> you can figure out like why uh, someone was doing something weird and maybe help them with it? Like, I, I just have so many questions.
1: I mean, schooling and school, the school system in Florida is still like um, fraught with um, really bad methods. And um, I certainly, when I was going to uh, middle school, um, I certainly saw it was probably some of the worst of it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, my my entire educa- uh, formal education was um, was a lot of um, people misunderstanding m- me and my situation and not really helping much, <laughs> and oh. just sort of pun- just sort of punish- punishing me a lot. And um, but it uh I can't really, you know, I, I, I sort of like where it, where it brought me and, and I like the understanding that it gave me.
0: I guess like what understanding did it bring and how do you feel like you didn't fit into the school system?
1: Well, um I think that I I think that it became very clear to me um later on that um that A a million different things that that um, that the people who work in the school system, most of them don't want to be there because they're not being paid um, the right amount to be there. Um, That they're not qualified. A lot of them aren't qualified because everyone's kind of grabbing at the bottom of the barrel to fill those positions because nobody wants those um, poor-paying and hardworking positions. Um, and that there still is like, uh, you know, this, the, you know, system, you know, the the systemic racism in the school system, especially in Florida, yeah. just just really meant if you are a kid who's minority that you just didn't, you weren't afforded the same opportunities, social graces, uh, yeah um, the same, the same sort of, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like a slap on the wrist. It was like, okay, you're expelled for two weeks and then you'd get right. behind. And, and that's what happened to me all the time. I was just, I was getting expelled or, you know, I a a big thing that I, I didn't even know. I I didn't know that I had bad eyesight in school until I was oh. in high school actually. So I, I just like, it, it, it didn't even register to me why I, I just couldn't see the board because I thought I was too far away you know, and I will, and
0: oh. certainly
1: as a kid, you're not going to ask to sit closer to, closer to the closer. teacher.
0: And also you don't have like the, like, and no one does really, you can't see things through someone else's eyes. So you might've just assumed, well, I guess this is exactly. what stuff looks like. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, that, and that sort of, and that is another thing. There's sort of a, a certain amount of neglect that teachers have for, for anyone. And, and, you know, the, it makes their lot, I get it in a way; it makes their lives easier to have sort of obedient and uh, uh, o- obedient kids who just kind of go along with what they saw, say because they they aren't paid enough to really go out of their way, and there's not a culture of that. Yeah. So, but you know, again, it's just um, that I had a very healthy realization of of. Uh, pretty early on that that was what was going on and and lucky luckily for me and I don't I don't think this happens with a lot of other kids Mm -hmm. um and part part of that I owe to I had older sisters
2: Mm. who
1: who did well in school and uh they were I I was able to see sort of what they how their behavior helped them Mm -hmm. and um I had a father who was a t- who was a teacher and he he was also able to explain to me a sort of the corruption and
2: mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. the
1: bullshit that that was inside of the school system so I got a really good uh, sense uh, both yeah. first and secondhand of what was really going on and then I was able to sort of remove myself from it completely um, yeah. and uh, and and understand that it wasn't for me and that I didn't really need it
0: Yeah, I was going to say, and to not internalize that it was something that was wrong with you. Like, you're like, oh, I can see that the system is flawed. It's not that, like, I'm flawed for not fitting into the system. Right, exactly. And that's awesome, because then in a way that frees you up to then enjoy the things that you actually enjoy. I'm just like, that's great that it led you to saxophone, which you're like, I know that sounds kind of arbitrary, but here's how I got there. (laughs) It's almost like the narrator's zoom out of, like, how did I get here? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> had you been interested in music prior to that, or was that like your gateway?
1: Um, I, I was interested in uh, in the sense that like I really loved R and B, and I really badly wanted to be in like an R and B boy group. <laughs>
2: oh
1: my god! Um, <laughs> and so, but or, or like you know, I looked at like groups like the Fugees, and like my friend Ricky and I would like pretend like we were going to start this like super rap r&b group or something
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and uh so the dr- the dream was always there before the saxophone and i didn't really even correlate saxophone to that particular dream i didn't really think of it in that way huh. um, um they, they were sort of separate um mm-hmm. but um i i i really for you know for the longest time i I can remember i wanted to be a musician but but i did but when i say said musician it was like i wanted to be a singer in a group and not and 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 saxophone was something different um now of course i i i i played saxophone all over this record that i just made and Mm -hmm. um and it's uh it's all intertwined at this point.
0: Well, it's funny because I don't know if this was your experience, but like, when you think of like, oh, I want to be a musician, you kind of want to be the things that you see reflected back at you. And so it's sometimes hard to imagine like, oh, I'm going to end up being like, you know, a producer and artist, and I'm going to write this album that also has saxophone. It's like, if you just see people being, like you said, like in the Fugees and things like that, that's like your image of, oh, that's a musician.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't exposed immediately to like jazz. I, I you know, when I played saxophone, I didn't know, even know the great um all the great saxophone players who sort of um who made who made the
0: instrument what what it is. Yeah. And saxophone's hard. Like I I feel lazy sometimes that I'm like, oh, I just play things that already have keys and buttons on them.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, the saxophone also is, has just keys and buttons on it. You just have to blow through it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, but it's um, I can't remember the name of the mouthpiece for it.
1: Uh, I mean, it's a mouthpiece. It's, it has a reed.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like I remember friends of mine that played like the saxophone and then another friend that played the clarinet. Like read instruments are a whole thing.
1: It is. It is. I, I wouldn't say that I'm great. I'm still not great at it <laughs> all all these years <laughs> after. But um, but I get by.
0: There we go. There we go. When you were making this album, did you make it during the experience of um the the great undoing of everything?
1: Um, um the it's weird because I'm hesitant to say that um, the pandemic was much of a part of this record, even though a lot of it was, I mixed and finished the record during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. certainly it gave me the sort of peace and quiet that I needed. Um, but a lot of the ideas and a lot of the energy behind the record um, was kind of had just started um, in November of 2019. Uh, Oh my God, what is time anymore? Um,
0: <laughs> no one. 20- twenty nineteen.
1: By the end of twenty nineteen, I st- I had a pretty good idea of what the record was going to be, and then sort of March, uh, uh, January, February, March. I really was like working on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, um, but certainly, uh, it 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 was finished inside of the uh, the pandemic, uh, um, and inside the walls. Of the pandemic and the, the, chaos, the chaos, and both the chaos and the peace of the pandemic and Trump leaving office, yes, um, and America um, exposing uh, all of its nastiness mm, to yeah. itself. So yeah, I mean, I, um, it. it uh, I, I don't like calling it a pandemic record, but it it, it is uh, it is a 2020 record, whatever that means.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting talking to people about both creativity and identity during this time, because it was kind of like, I mean, everything got turned around, where in some ways, like our identities got taken away, because so much of our identity is tied to like, well, what do we do in the outside world? Um, And all of a sudden, it was like, surprise, there is no outside world. Um, Yeah. But But in other ways, um, especially like you said, like, America kind of exposing itself to itself. Like, I am curious what's going to come of that creatively, because when we're going through these experiences of like, there's a lot of people that were like, how did you not know that this was what America was. Um, Mm. And then there's other people that are like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Um, I'm curious what that's what that amalgam is going to make. Because in some ways you can't really process it while you're in the midst of an event like that. Um, mm. But I'm curious about like, well, what comes after now that we know? It's like once you've seen something like that, you can't like unsee it.
1: Yeah, I'm. I i do not know. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows what comes after? Um, uh, probably, probably a lot more of the same um, for quite a bit of time. But I don't really know.
0: Yeah, because in a way, it sounds like though you did do like you finished like the mixing and mastering during it, it was written before. And so like, in a way, it sounds almost like it tapped into things like did it tap into themes from before that and now I'm curious I'm like, what are you going to write next because I I don't know what I'm going to write next. Um, It's very strange to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, there, there were some uh, there were some moments on this record um, where uh, there's some songs that where I very specifically um, was talking about the moment that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, less so on the um, on the uh, 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 disease side, side uh, um, or at least the. Um, the COVID side, but and more right. so on the kind of social disease that is uh, right. American culture and 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 all of that. But um, I I don't know I I you know I I very much am a person who I need to live a little bit of life before I make my own music. I mean I I write mm-hmm. songs all the time and they can be kind of gibberish. Uh, um, but when when I make a twin shadow record, I, I like to feel like I've I've um, sort of explored an idea and want to express it. So yeah. I don't know what what'll be next after this, but uh, but I'm really enjoying right now uh, living in this moment and this this in the moment of this music that I that I've created, yeah. and I'm excited to to see where uh, where I can take it with visuals and where I can take it with um, with uh, live performance whether that's on video on uh, video um, at home or once we get to play live again Um, yeah yeah I'm excited
0: yeah because it's cool that you ended up you kind of it sounds like had this collection that did get finished during this time but then now you get to share it like that's actually so much fun like when there's the creation of the thing itself but then like the art of getting to share it with others is so magical because you don't know what people are going to do once they have your songs, like anything can happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is the best part. And I've been, I've been patient and then sort of like chomping at the bit at the same time to, to get it out because um, I'm really, uh, uh, that's, to me, that's always been the case where, that I I truly feel like I don't make records for myself. I mean, I enjoy making records, but my, I really believe in music making as a service to the community and uh, as a service to human beings uh, who who need um, who need and hopefully want this um, this energy to be in their lives and to uh, to help them escape or 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 to help them uh, relax or to help them uh, motivate to help them in any way Um, and so I'm very excited to uh to share the music always that's 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 the goal always
0: yeah and it's a mode of connection where it's like I mean obviously there's your own connection to making the music itself but then like you said that it's like it's it sounds almost like a conduit between like you and other people where you're like yeah that that's the main part I want to communicate with you
2: yep exactly
0: what's it been like like starting on that again almost after like I guess what else were you doing last year it sounds in some ways a lot of us were kind of hibernating
1: Um, (laughs) yeah I was just writing music like crazy I was just writing songs like crazy um I I really think it was a sort of a year of just that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was, you know, um, I mean, towards the end of last year, I've been work. I was working on this motorcycle rebuild, rebuilding this old mm-hmm. um, Harley Davidson, and those were kind of my main projects. And I mean, I'm sure I did some other things, but but uh, last year has a way of sort of being a wash of memory, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to keep track of time inside of this strange space that we're in.
0: Did you, um, I've been talking to people about this. Did you keep a journal at all during last year?
1: Um, I do that thing where I start a journal and then I, f- um, 10 years later, I find 3,000 <laughs> journals that I'll have, yep. I'll have two, two entries. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, but um I know this sounds a little bit maybe pretentious, but um I really do believe that songwriting is a journal because I do do that
2: yes. every day.
1: Um when when I'm working on a record, I, I am at it every day. And it's pretty cool to look back into like uh the files on my computer and see, you know, April sixteenth, April 17th, April yeah. 18th. But there's a there's that there's a new idea every day and um and I I really do believe that that is my own kind of journal keeping. I wish I was better about, I, I heard a cool thing about um, Nick Cave has that, uh, this thing called red hand files
2: mm-hmm. where
1: he, he writes um, back messages to his fans. I don't know if he does it every day, but he does it pretty frequently. Wow. And I thought, I thought, Oh, that's such a beautiful kind of way to activate the idea of journaling because you know oftentimes it's like the last thing you want to do is like talk to yourself <laughs> so it's much better kind of to talk to your fans and I feel like music making is the same thing it's sort of like oh, uh, that this is sort of sort of me talking to myself but it's also me kind of creating for someone other than myself
0: yeah because when you're when you're capturing like you said kind of the almost like the floating in time, time soupiness of last year, where it's like, when you're making these songs, to me, at least it sounds like almost like capturing memories, where it's like, when you make that art, it contains the memory and it's imbued with that time. And you can do that either like through a song or through a visual piece of art or through journaling or whatever. But it's like, otherwise, like, where did that time go? And particularly last year, it's strange, like, Thinking of the different phases, like almost there were the big waves of like the things that people did. Whether it was like everyone watching the same Netflix show or becoming randomly enamored with sourdough, like it's almost like this collective yeah. fever dream. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I must say, I still have not watched Tiger King nor made a sourdough loaf. Yeah,
1: that's good. You're not. You're 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 going against the grain. You, you don't. You don't. You don't need to do either of those
2: things.
0: <laughs> they didn't really appeal to me. I was like, you know, I'm cool with sourdough. Like, we're chilling. It's not like I'm against sourdough. Um, yeah. But also, I tend to not watch TV if I'm not with someone because I forget what I'm doing and wander off and do something else. Whereas I like to watch shows with other people because I like to watch their reactions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so. good.
0: Yep. So try. To- I,
1: I like I like watching shows with people, but I usually am the first to fall asleep, and then I'm am sn- snoring through the rest of the programs. So. Oh,
0: you're that friend. You're the friend that's like, I'm awake. I'm awake, and you're like, you are zero percent awake, my friend. I'm a
1: hundred, I've, be- I've become a hundred percent that friend. Yep, that's me.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Okay, so I know you're the sleepy boy of the group. Good to know.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I didn't. It didn't used to be it's this thing that's come over me <gasps> in in pandemic times,
0: right I guess like yeah. how else were you filling your time? you said that like you did do the songwriting and you did do the motorcycling, and it sounds like you did a decent uh, bit of napping
1: uh, well yeah, i did i I got a lot of rest and um actually, what was cool was that my my twin sister was uh um she sort of got trapped here she lives in berlin and and sort of got stuck here and so oh it God. was the, it was the two of us living together in my house and i would have had i would have been doing it alone but i had my twin sister with me which was really beautiful and oh. we, we ate we did everything together we when 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 the paranoia was high we sort of like buckled down and got you know got our war gear on and went to yeah. the supermarket and and fought uh, fought rich people in Hollywood for toilet paper. And, <laughs> oh my God! i would
0: forgotten uh, about the toilet paper hoarding phase.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, dealt with dealt with all 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 kinds of uh, ridiculous paranoia from people in the hills who would come and scream at you, and it, you know, if your mask was halfway off your face and yes. all, all all that stuff. But we 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 huh, we we hung tight together and we to be honest we my other sort of hobby is is that I really love to cook Uh and so I think I did I sort of like did like a master class of training (laughs) in uh doing almost like uh it probably was almost like 175 straight days of like um of like gourmet cooking. <laughs> Whoa. Because um, we our feeling on it was sort of like, you know, if if this really is the end of the world, then we are going to at least enjoy good food and, and each other's company. So we, we did that and we watched we watched a lot of um, she she really fell in love with narcos, which is funny because she's she kind of strictly only watches like art house films, <laughs> but she got really into the drama of narcos. Um so much so that she would start to like watch it without me. <laughs> oh um, it like she would she would watch episodes in her room after mm-hmm. we'd watched like after mm-hmm. we'd been binge watched. So it was cool. It was like this really amazing bonding experience with my twin, which I mean not that we needed a bonding experience to begin with. We were very close, but um it was it was just a really good time to get closer with her and uh other than that I really can't I cannot remember a a thing else that happened
0: (laughs) was that (laughs) was that the first time that you'd lived together with your twin like since childhood like had you lived together as adults or was that really like the time? no
1: we we never ever uh we never lived together since we were kids um and it was good I mean there there are there are moments where uh where the the childhood rivalry um Mm -hmm. came to the surface um that's like that's inevitable of course but but uh no it was really special it it was it was really cool and and if there's anyone I have I have I'm lucky I have three sisters um, who are all who are all amazing and uh but if there's anyone who I would need to like fight the zombie apocalypse with they would definitely be my twin.
0: That's I love that sentiment so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just the truth.
0: That's the setup for a fantastic story right there.
1: It is. I know. I should write I should write that. Don't don't steal it from me.
0: I won't. I <laughs> I basically I joke that sometimes the only reason why I haven't written a book is that I have too many ideas, and so it's like a flight of ideas where I'm like, "Oh my god, I could write a story about that!" Oh my god, I could write a story about this, and then I just end up like doing a whole bunch of podcasts and writing songs. Am I mistaken, or do you write?
1: I do write. Um, I not not recently. Mm-hmm. Um, not recently. Um, and I think it's that same reason. I, I I literally would have to be handcuffed to a chair. Yep. Um, and um, to do it at this point, um, I I think I've I think I've gone back into this thing of uh, hyper focusing on songwriting. Um, I really I really believe in it as a as a as a really beautiful art form. I believe in it as a incredibly relevant art form. Yes. I believe in it. And, Um, wholeheartedly and so a lot of my sort of aspirations to do other artistic things you know including I did paint I did paint a lot in the in last year but um, even even that I sort of had to put down because I really wanted to hyper focus on songwriting
0: got it got it yeah you said you write every day
1: yeah I do um I, I you know with with certain exe- exceptions there are weeks where I'm just like so empty um, and it, it gets really hard but I really do try to write write every day um, if not sitting at the computer producing out something then at least uh, at least writing down sort of like songs in my head and coming yeah. back to them later things like that
0: that's always fun like when you find kind of like I don't know if you use the voice notes on your phone, but that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're
1: they're taking up like 98 gigs (laughs) on my phone. I I literally have no no room for anymore. I have I and I I keep meaning to sort of log them in in terms of like five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, kind of and and have folders for them. Um, and then part of me just wants to erase all of them because it feels ah! like this this heavy weight. And most wow. of the time you go, but most of the time you go back to those things, and you're just embarrassed by you know you're. It's like it's two o'clock in the morning, and you're like song song idea number two. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you mumbling into your telephone. So. Yep. I I, use, I do use it though. It's 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 a tried and true method. Whoever I I'd love to know who invented the voice app. Um, yes. it's it's like it's incredibly simple, probably could be have a better layout and and could probably be more functional as a as an actual like documentation device, but it it really does the trick.
0: That is so funny. And yeah, like I would say that voice notes are littered with like gems and also what you described, which is literally like a 2am, I don't know, snow Yeti, trying to, yes. <laughs> trying to get an idea across and it's really one or the other. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. And much, much like gems, they're there. The gems are rare.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. But they're there because some days on days when like it's harder to write because in some ways, like when I think of it as hard to write, it's usually like you said, that you're just empty. Like you need to kind of live more life and do more things to kind of fill yourself up so that that way you can tap into ideas. It's almost like, yeah, yeah, those are the days when I at least will go through like the voice notes or my notebooks and just look for little things to see if there's anything that kind of like sparks, sparks me. Um, If there's no internal kind of starter in there, I'm kind of like, all right, what were some other things? And yeah, it's it's both mortifying and inspiring going through voice notes.
1: Yeah, I usually I tell I my advice to most people is to not, um, you know, I think I think the journal keeping and voice recording is more about the actual action of sort of recording and remembering if you need to remember in that moment, like two, yeah. two minutes later, yeah. but it's a, it's a dangerous thing to dig through notebooks and to dig through voice notes. Um, I think it becomes uh, overwhelming because then you hear mm. two good ideas and then you're like, which idea do I do? Oh. And it, it, it can, it can create a lot of excuses for people. So I, I always tell people, you know, record everything you do, write down everything that you that you think but remember that the act of of doing those things that is the practice that's important not really reviewing it necessarily because reviewing it sort of um it puts it puts a lot of roadblocks in front of you
0: well and also in a way each time you go through a memory you're re-remembering it and so it alters it slightly so much the same as like going through something that you've written or recorded each time you're doing it it, it changes it each time you engage yeah
1: with it. Yeah, which is which is an which could be turned into an in, interesting approach, but it would take a it would take a very disciplined mind to uh, to go back and deal with the, the kind of ever changing uh, perspective.
0: Hmm. Hmm. That's very much in a. It sparked in my mind something that a friend of mine said to me recently was that sometimes and I don't want to misquote him because it was really beautiful. He said, like, oftentimes the most powerful and best spells don't need to be written down because you will remember them anyway.
1: Yeah, that's that's true.
0: And I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where it's almost like sometimes it's the things that, like, you remember because you don't need to record them. Like, it's so powerful that, like, it just sticks. And you're like, okay, I'm going to roll with that idea.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that yeah, that that sort of acts as like a gauge of how committed you are to any of your ideas. It's is kind of, um, you, you know, the the more precious you act about them, the the more or the more afraid you are to lose them. Uh, it sort of shows maybe the lack of commitment you have towards that idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. It's di- it is different for everyone though. Some people really have to. Have to
2: document,
0: right? Well, and that's yeah. It's interesting to think about what you said about like that. It can be dangerous looking back. Like, do you ever have the experience of listening to past things that you've made and felt like joy? Do you feel embarrassed? Like, people have all sorts of experiences I've noticed with like past artistic works that they've made.
1: Um, sorry, what was the what was the the top of that question? I, I,
0: That's a great question. That was like four thoughts, just sort of smushed into a question. (laughs) Um, The way my brain works occasionally, I'm like, oh, wait, hold up. Need to untangle those. Um, That like you had said that it can sometimes be almost dangerous going through like past voice notes and notebooks and such because like Uh you can get overwhelmed. And I've noticed that people also can sometimes feel that way when they listen to something that they've made in the past oh sometimes yeah sometimes you have empathy for yourself and sometimes you're like i'm just mortified
1: yeah i mean i, I go through the um i go through the roller coaster of uh, either being sort of impressed or repulsed by myself it's it's and it changed it, it could be the same exact old song um um mostly i don't really look back <laughs> at all and that sort of cures that that problem yes
2: um,
1: uh, it's uh it, it it doesn't in music at least i don't think it it usually makes a lot of sense to look back much um there's something about music making that is so when it's when i or in my opinion when, when it's it at its best it is so spontaneous and so um unexp- uh, uh like uh it's so hard to explain what happens when you when you really have inspiration mm-hmm. uh that it's not it's not worth looking at the product and trying to sort of uh, uncover what uh, what the source was mm-hmm. um and also, I also am a strong believer that once you've recorded music and released it to the world, it's sort of, you own you own the, the intellectual property, which is a beautiful thing because that means you can make money off of your compositions. But I don't think spiritually it belongs to you anymore. I think it really mm-hmm. belongs to your audience. And so looking back on it for anything other than, sort of you know, like almost just like the statistics of a song.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: is sort of is sort of a dangerous move at least for me it is um and i try not to do it much
0: well and that speaks to what you mentioned before about like the connection to others through the music that it's like it's the sharing of the music it's the playing of the music for other people that like that's when things like really kind of like come to life exactly yeah that's so exciting that you get to share this album like I'm yeah. basically, I just, I, I just like looked off into the distance like, oh, that's gonna be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm right there with you.
0: <laughs> Are there any particular themes on the album that you felt, uh, I guess kind of that you really did wanna share with people?
2: Um,
1: I mean, I really do like to let the work speak for itself. I, th- I think that um, the thing that I'd like to say about the record is it's a very, um, I hope that it's an uplifting record. I mm-hmm. felt that I felt very much like a lot of my own career. Um, I really explored these co- sort of darker tones and these kind of intense, aggressive, uh, d- um, dark waves of, uh, and energies in, in the music, um, with certain exceptions, and um, there's something about this record where I just wanted to feel the joy of making music again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I hope that that joy that I had making it uh, is communicating in the music, and that it, and not just to say, oh, I hope that I made an uplifting record. Um, it's it's more than that. It's, there's there's a deepness in it, but I really have felt that. The world is in need of some levity. Um, Our our reality is grim. Our our daily um, uh, understanding and the breaking down of the delusions that we've been in, especially in America, um, are—they're going to be there tomorrow morning when we wake up. They're going to be here ten years from now. And I think that uh, one thing that. I look around and I, I see a lot of peers, and and everyone's sort of there's this kind of like this depressed depressed music wave, and and people sort of think, oh well, it's depressing times, so we make depressing music. Um, and I sort of am sort of I'm, I'm in no way criticizing people who do that, but I I personally just needed to feel levity, and I needed mm-hmm. to use mu- music as a way to give me faith in, um, in my own existence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I hope that what people take away from the record is that um, this is something that can sort of be, uh, I don't know, uh, um, it can be a bit of an escape. It can be a bit of, uh, it can just put them in their minds into a different place and kind of let go of the kind of immediately, immediate reality around them. But mostly, uh, as always, I I really just hope that people get from it whatever it is that they want and need.
0: Yeah, because it sounds like maybe creating it, like that was what you needed, and so you got that, and now you're like, here is this present. Do with it what you will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because there does have to be, at least in, in my mind our experience is all of those things like yes things are grim but we only know that they're grim because there's also hopeful things and beautiful things and joyful things and so it's embracing all of those and it's okay to make joyful music during a grim time or grim music during a joyful time or you know yeah i'm all about embracing the spectrum there
1: yeah totally I, i i think um Yeah, it's not just—it's not always just about juxtaposition. It's just uh, for me personally, I just needed this moment to um, to have just really just have fun making an album and not to be like tortured by like what am I trying to say, what am I trying to do, like like um, um, just just showing how how levity is just as important as heaviness you know yes if not if not if not maybe in my book more important really than heaviness
0: yeah because heaviness heaviness arrives anyway we don't need to court it
1: yeah i mean here it's 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 literally our reality so
0: yeah and in a way like that is a way to change our reality is to bring levity into it
1: I don't know if it changes our reality (laughs) but but it certainly offers another space to exist in which is which is um, great it offers another reality perhaps
0: yes that's a good way to put it because when you said Mm -hmm. like you know that you wanted an escape I was like well for those moments you know that that is people's reality when they're experiencing your your music or when you're writing yeah
2: yeah
0: and that's really beautiful and it's like that's interesting that you're like, in this time I decided to turn this direction. I was like, oh, I like that. Um, I'm curious, I guess, like, what's it like to experience people's reactions to your music? Like, do you ever get things then mirrored back to you that are really enjoyable? Cause it was a back and forth. Like, what's it like to see your songs reflected in other people and how do you interact <laughs> with the people who listen to your music?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I can say the, um... I can say the, the, the cute thing to say, or I can say the real thing to say, and, or I could say both. Um, it, it, uh, oh. it, it, it's, it's dollar signs. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's money, which is important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it translates to money. It, it, it translates into me being able to continue to make art for a living. Right. Um, and, and that's, uh, and that's really important. Um, It, it also, you know, I'm not much for validation. I don't, I don't need a lot of it, um, in a way. So um, um, it's more, it's more that uh, it 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 genuinely pleases me to see that music fills people's lives. Mm-hmm. So I get I get that thing. I don't know what I don't know what the word for that experience of being able to see people because it's not validation. Um, right. That I that I get from that. It's it's more just. Uh, um, a a joy a joy that is sort of profound it's not like I don't even feel like oh I've given you this gift I don't think about it in that way it's just nice to see nice to be a part of people enjoying themselves so there must um, be a German word
0: for that (laughs) (laughs) probably probably yep I mean or or
1: maybe a Swedish
2: word
0: right Right, because there is, there's a word in it in, um, in like the ethical non-monogamy community, which I really wish uh, would spread to other communities. And the word is compersion, which it's when you take joy Mm. in other people's joy. And it's kind of perceived as like the opposite of jealousy, Um, Mm. where it's like, when someone you love is happy, even if you're not the source of that happiness in that moment, Mm -hmm. that you take joy in their happiness
1: that's cool I I didn't know that word that word
0: yeah that's
1: yeah yeah there is I'm sure there may even be like an even more used and common word I just can't think of it
0: yeah that's I I was like going through my mental like flip book of words and that was like the closest one and I was like ah (laughs) it's like adjacent to what you're talking about (laughs)
1: yeah It, it is it is
0: but yeah, and, and I don't think that even like receiving money for your art, I think that money is just like a medium of exchange. It's a very shorthand for like, you have given me this thing with your energy and I will give you this thing back with my energy because otherwise you'd be bartering energy back and forth um, and that can get kind of tricky. Um, yeah. So money is just a way to be like, here you go. Like now you can then give your energy to other things through this medium. Right. Um, yeah. And it's cool because like you said, then like when people pay you, then you can make more art because you have money to live. Exactly. And that's cool. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. And art making is expensive, you know, even yeah. nowadays.
0: Yes. Like, even though we do have access to so many things, it's like sometimes that access uh, costs money and also so does gear and so does mixing and so does mastering and all stuff. <laughs> like...
2: It all does.
0: Yeah, you had mentioned you're going to be doing like visual collaborations coming up. I was like, how does that feel to be able to kind of open this up to other people? Because it sounds like this year, obviously we kind of couldn't collaborate really with people in person.
2: Yeah,
1: it's been good. I, I, I've got like this kind of like small crew of people who've been working on some of the visuals and, and and it's very, you know, it's all very in-house and and I like it that way and I'm not trying to, I, I, you know, and big thing for me is like, I'm, I've lost a lot of interest in really big productions, music videos, things like that. Like I, I, I'm sort of taking this like more humble approach to all the visual making,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I feel that, um, universally, um, uh, that, that is what's happening, you know, it's like, Uh, um a a tiktok account is no different than uh, uh an art gallery um and you know sometimes there's stuff that is repulsive there and sometimes there's stuff that's beautiful yeah um you know i think instagram has a harder time being either one of those things it's sort of all a little bit just like um just like a place to pass your time, to waste your time, or pass your time. Mm. Um, it's not as generative as as TikTok is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what what I think um, what I think is cool is is taking the approach of making visuals and make, and making work and making uh, making things just like anybody else can. I like, I like the demo- democratization of art making that's happened in the last yes. couple of years. And, um, and I think that there, while there is plenty of room for like sophisticated greatness and all of that, um, I, I'm very much looking at what is the cost of doing those things? Um, do, does anyone get stepped on? what, when making those things, what, Mm. uh, what, what is waste, wasted, you know, so much, you know, it's like, I love fashion. So much of my criticism of the fashion world is, is how wasteful it is. And I, I myself, I'm just trying to figure out how I can be less wasteful with my art making, um, and be more, um, be more in, in the, in the, in the line of economy and in the line without it sounding, cold and and not fabulous you know I I, I like I like I like fabulous things uh as well but um I think you know that's that's where my head is at and I'm excited about um I'm excited about collaborating with any and everyone who's who's kind of got got that same feeling and want want to make work for the love of making work and um that it isn't about clout chasing and that it is just um uh, again something that serves the people who consume it
0: that connects exactly to what you said about you want it to be fabulous but not at the expense of others which i was like that's awesome like that's a great way to think about that frankly in my view it's just like why would you want to make something to connect with others that harms them or takes advantage of them
1: yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of people doing that <laughs> and, uh, right. And, uh, and, and we, and we, you know, the entertainment industry has been doing that forever and, uh, it's, it's definitely time to look at it in a different way.
0: I'm so excited to see what you come up with for the visuals for this. I was like, Oh my God, now I want to talk to you after you do the visuals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there, there's some out there. There's some out there. True.
0: Uh, True.
2: But yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. And I like that you said that like, it's kind of like in-house because it sounds like you found people that understand kind of your ethos there.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of the people who, uh, who those people are like people who are friends. There's like more, more collaboration with friends this time around yeah. than ever before. And it, it just feels, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build a small family around, around this at this point.
0: I love that. It's kind of like during this time, I was talking to um, Ann Litt from KCRW, and mm-hmm. she mentioned that it's almost like we formed like micro communities during this because like our m- larger macro communities were taken away. Um, right. And that that's not to say that macro communities are bad, um, but that it's been really cool to kind of cultivate these micro communities and strengthen those.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh. That's really cool. Well, I really appreciate that you were so generous with your time today, especially I was just like, I know you were running around town with mythical motorcycle men.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I wasn't running around town with them. I was I was running around their dusty old garage, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad that you found him and I'm glad that you made your way to the podcast because that was awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNBThePodcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.